Fab Lab Podcast, Episode 71, Interview with Laser Products, Kevin Yeh. Welcome to the Fab Lab, the stone industry's only podcast dedicated exclusively to the business side of your stone shop, where we focus on improving operations inside the business so we can experience more life outside of it. So let's get down to business. Welcome back to another episode of the Fab Lab Podcast, back with my co-host, Wes Rice. Hey, Aaron, great to be back. It's great to be back with you, too. And this is a special episode for a couple of reasons. Number one, we got a brand new sponsor to announce. And number two, we had a fantastic interview with Laser Products Marketing Manager, Kevin Yeh. This is a really exciting episode. Yeah, Kevin's a really neat guy. He has a lot, lot to offer, a lot of takeaways, so it's a great episode. Yeah, being a social media expert yourself, kind of kindred spirits, this was a really enlightening episode. I, this was a great, just a conversation that uh, that I learned a lot from just sitting down and, and having this discussion. And so, fellow fabricators, this is a good one. If you've ever wondered about the role that social media should play or could play in your business, you've come to the right episode. But before we get to that interview, I want to mention a word from our brand new sponsor, Moraware. Now, I want to back up just a little bit. This isn't just going to be your regular sponsorship moment. I first met Moraware about 15 years ago. I was thumbing through an old magazine in the industry called Stone Business Magazine, and I saw this little ad, and it talked about a scheduling software, which was something I had desperately wanted, a drag-and-drop software that I could peg my template schedule to my install schedule, and because my schedule was always changing, the little sticky tabs on the whiteboard calendar on the wall was always changing, super confusing, super cumbersome. I was looking for that solution, and I came across that ad in a magazine, and I immediately called. I happened to get one of the owners, Harry Hollander, and right then and there, he did one of these uh, go-to-meeting. He took control of my computer and did a demo for me right then and there. To this day, I still remember sitting at my desk being absolutely blown away. Not only did Moraware have this scheduling feature that I desperately wanted, it had this estimating feature that just transformed the way that we quoted countertops and managed those files, turned them into jobs. And so this is especially meaningful for me, you know, as a stone shop owner, as the host of the Fab Lab podcast, to have Moraware become one of our sponsors uh, is just a huge deal. And so I am so grateful to be able to tell you, fellow fabricators, audience, fans of the Fab Lab podcast, about this fantastic product that we have used in our business for about 15 years. I've probably said this on the podcast before, but in case I haven't, I will say it now. If we ever had to go without Moraware and continue to try and run our stone shop, I would probably shut it down. The Moraware software makes managing and organizing and running a stone shop so much better, so much more efficient. It's unimaginable to me to try and go back to that old school way of quoting on Excel, files all over the place, scheduling being something that the only person who can understand it is the person standing at the schedule. With Moraware, you are able to quote jobs, save revisions, refer to those at any point in time, convert those into jobs that you can then put on the schedule. You can manage your schedule by setting up every aspect of production from installation, fabrication, machining, cutting, templating, layouts. You can set all of that up relative to the way your business operates. It is an incredible advancement. So if you don't have Moraware, 
you need to think about it, especially in light of today's episode. In today's episode, we're talking about digital templating, the interview with Kevin Ye from Laser Products, a technological advancement that makes running a stone shop that much more efficient. Well, MoreAware is the same exact idea. It simply makes communicating all of that essential information from start to finish so much more efficient. You can't run a successful stone shop without it. And so I just want to say right now for two reasons. Number one, just because of my long-term personal relationship with Harry and the team over at Moreware, thank you for joining the Fab Lab podcast and becoming a sponsor. I consider that a huge privilege. But number two, I just want to let everybody else in the audience know what a fantastic product this is. And so if you haven't, you also need to visit moreaware.com. They've got a fantastic team over there that can answer any of your questions, show you tons of videos about this fantastic product and how it can really benefit your business by making it more efficient. So with that, let's get into this interview with Kevin Ye. We met Kevin through social media, oddly enough, developed a relationship, we connected with them, had some conversations, and we got to talking about, you know, social media is a reality in our industry. Wes, you know that better than I do. You manage the social media for our companies. And so we thought, you know, what a perfect opportunity to sit down with a very qualified, very experienced social media marketer. Kevin Ye from Laser Products Industries. It was a great conversation. And fellow fabricators, you're going to learn a lot. Enjoy. Welcome back to another episode of the Fab Lab Podcast. I'm your host, Aaron Crowley, and I am here today with Kevin Ye from Laser Products Industries, also known as LPI. Kevin, welcome to the Fab Lab Podcast. Thank you for having me today. Oh, what a what a privilege. What an honor to have you on today. We've been talking about this for a long time, and I am so excited that the day has finally arrived for us to have this discussion. Wes, are you there too? I am here and looking forward to this topic today with Kevin. I know this is a topic near and dear to your heart and to your background, and so I'm going to probably do a lot less of the talking today, which everybody will probably appreciate. So, <laughs> so Kevin, welcome to the program. I, I want to get started by just asking you a couple of rapid-fire questions just so we can get to know you a little bit better on a personal note. Uh, so question number one, what's the last book that you read? The last book I read, uh, the most the one I remember most recently is uh, Ready Player One. You guys probably saw the movie. If anybody was born in the 80s, it's, uh, it's a book about the 80s and video games and music. So uh, that's, the one, that's the one I read most recently. Fantastic. Fantastic. So if you could be anywhere in the world right now other than the place that you're at, where would you be? If you could just snap your fingers and appear. Uh, I'm actually going to be there in about a month and a half. It's back where my, uh, my grandparents still reside in Taipei, Taiwan. Oh, wow. Uh, I'm heading back in, uh, between Christmas and New Year's for my grandmother's 99th birthday celebration. Oh, fantastic. So, uh, yeah, I was not born and raised there. I was born and raised in St. Louis, Missouri, but uh, having a bunch of relatives there and just a different culture and, and hanging out with relatives that I only see once every year, once every other year. So it was a really, uh, really fun place for me. Oh, that is really exciting. Fantastic. Yeah. And, and, and where, do you, where do you fly out of then? Uh, we'll fly out of uh, Chicago O'Hare, which is where Laser Products is based uh, in okay. Chicago. And then uh, fortunately, there's a direct flight to, uh, to Taiwan from there. Wow. How, how long is that? About a 14-hour flight there and about 12 hours on the way back. So oh! uh, find ways to entertain yourself. <laughs> wow, that is fantastic. Well, now Chicago, weather's turning. What, what's your favorite outdoor activity there in Chicago? Uh, outdoor activity, you know, I've got three boys, so watching them play sports outside is, 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 is a ton of fun. They're, uh, they're playing soccer and lacrosse and uh, baseball, so, and I try to coach and help them out their teams in any way I can, but just being outside and watching them do what they do is, uh, is a real joy for me. But oh, for me, 
right? Uh, yeah, playing golf. Playing golf is a is a okay. hobby, more of a passion than and more of a passion than a hobby. But uh, and then a few hours outdoors, hitting the ball around is uh, is pretty fun. Oh, that's fantastic. Okay, so last question. This is a two-parter. Biggest win outside of work, biggest win inside of work uh, in the last 30 days. In the last 30 days, biggest win outside of work. Uh, I'll go back to my kids, right? Uh, I've got a freshman in high school now, and uh, he just completed his uh, freshman year in golf, which brings back memories, right? I played high school sports, but wrapping up kind of your first year in high school, just as a father watching his son Uh, where he was, you know, 25 or 30 years later, whatever it is, was really, really cool for me outside of work. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. And then inside of work, we'll talk about this in a bit, but, uh, you know, we've got a couple goals inside of work, and we're here to talk about social media. Something that we've really, really celebrated is uh, kind of surpassing 2,000 followers for our company. No, four four months ago, we were at under 500. So having, you know, kind of a three, 400%, uh, you know, return in just a short period of time, it's something really actually, we actually celebrated in our office, huh. in our TV screens. We had, uh, you know, confetti thrown around. So uh, as important as social media is today, that was one of the milestones that we hit as a company. So that was pretty cool. Oh, fantastic. Awesome. Fantastic. That's a big win. That's huge. Yeah. That is huge. And, and just so everybody knows, so Kevin, you work for Laser Products Industry. Your, your, your flagship product is the laser templater, the LT55, or, or just that laser templating technology that is becoming so popular and so common within the industry. Um, so I guess we'll kind of transition out of the, the get to know Kevin and into the kind of get to know your business and your background. Um, and so before we, we talk about uh, laser products specifically and the products that you, you know, provide to the stone industry, tell us a little bit about your background in marketing in terms of, uh, you know, what you did before coming to work for LPI. Yeah, so I've been LPI with LPI for about uh, two and a half years now. So by most measures and means, I'm still very much a rookie in the countertop fabrication industry, <laughs> right? But I've spent about 20 years in and around the construction space. All right, I've come up through kind of the marketing and product development and product management ranks and, and, and ran a couple of uh, kind of marketing communications departments. Hmm. So I started my career after college. I went to Indiana University, and then my first job was with Rigid Power Tools. Oh, wow. I was in the power tool industry for two years, and then uh, after that, I spent seven years with Irwin. Irwin's uh, best known for their quick grips and their vice grips and their marathon saw blades and their speed, uh, speed board drill bits. So going from two years in power tools, rigid power tools, to seven years with Irwin power tool accessories and hand tools. Hmm. And then I went and spent four years with uh, LiftMaster. So if you, a lot of fabricators have uh, automated uh, dock doors and garage doors. Hmm. Uh, so the LiftMaster is uh, the leading brand in garage door openers. And then I spent, uh, before joining Laser Products, I spent two years with James Hardy. So Hardy hmm. Siding and Hardy Backer. Come to find out when I joined Laser Products and walk into fabrication shops, a lot of guys use Hardy Backer as underlayment for their saws. Hmm. Huh. Right. And then yeah. uh, so I've always been in and around the construction space, whether it was tools or hardware or siding. Uh, but for the past two and a half years in the uh, in the construction space with uh, with laser products and the fabrication side of business. Hmm. Fantastic. Fantastic. So unlike me, who spent his entire career in the stone industry, uh, you know, that gives you a much different, I think, in a lot of ways, a lot better perspective, having come from other more established industries, more mature industries and then entered ours. Um, what's been the biggest surprise to you, you know, as you've gotten to know our industry, you spent a couple of years, you know, dealing with fabricators. Tell us what some of the bigger surprises have been with that background that you had coming into it. Yeah, I think I first noticed this when I was at James Hardy, right? When you look at my previous jobs, previous brands, they were always parts of creating the finished product. 
siding, right? People want their houses to look beautiful on the outside. So the care and the color and the durability really matters. I would say I see that even more with the countertop industry because you're picking out a specific piece of stone or you're picking out a specific design, you're picking out a specific edge that is really, most of the time, it's at the heart of your home. It's in the kitchen, Yeah. right? Your kitchen countertop, that's where, that's where people live. That's where they host parties. That's where the families eat breakfast and prepare their meals. Uh, it really is a sense of pride, oftentimes more for the fabricator who's creating this beautiful piece of stone, right? Mm -hmm. To be put in the heart of somebody's home, mm -hmm. right? Where the kids are going to eat and where meals are served and where parties are held. Uh, there is so much care that goes uh, that a fabricator has for what they're providing for the homeowner. Uh, that's something I never really appreciated until I got into this specific industry. So that's been a great, great surprise. Hmm, okay. So you're talking about all those different industries moving into the stone industry. Tell us how marketing has changed, you know, from a, a, a marketer's perspective. Uh, what, what has changed and, and, and how is it changing today? Yeah, I think some of the basics, right? When, when I look back to when I started my career out of college in, in 1999, I don't think Facebook had, had, had launched yet, right? I don't, iPhones certainly weren't, uh, weren't readily available. They were Blackberries, they were very manual. Print was still the dominant media platform. Uh, trade shows have always been there and they're still there today. But the big shift, uh, of course, over the past 20 years, but even more recently now, has been a massive shift to technology, right? With technology, with smartphones, it's, got from a it's come a long way from uh, manual and physical types of advertising and uh, promotions to much, much more digital. Just with the advent of technology and things like Twitter and Facebook and LinkedIn, uh, none of those were around when I left college, but they're sort of the primary platforms now today. Hmm. Fantastic. And you guys have been, I mean, you guys have made a pretty decided shift at Laser Products. You know, it's interesting. There's a, there's a parallel there. Same thing. A lot of things in the stone industry moving from physical, if you will, to quote unquote digital platforms when you're talking about just the templating and the manufacturing process. So the same thing is true, the advertising level. Tell me about how you have led that change at, at Laser Products in terms of how you're making that transition and, and why. Yeah, that, I would say that's one of the biggest projects that I'm, uh, I'm proud to have led with Laser Products. When I first joined, and again, the benefit of social media is you can look like a billion dollar company. You can look like a billion dollar company on social media. When I started, I, I shared with our team how important it was and how you can reach tens or hundreds of thousands of people with just a click of a button. But when you, if you were going to look at our social media presence, whether it was Facebook or LinkedIn prior to when I started or even when I first started, we looked a lot smaller hmm. than we were. Huh. We, didn't, we did not look like market leaders. We did not have the right presence. If you, if you Facebooked uh, or LinkedIn our company profile, you would think we were a, a, a tiny, tiny company, maybe four or five employees type of thing, right? And look, with social media, with LinkedIn, you can, you can look like a million-dollar brand. Huh. And said, look, maybe we don't have the time or the resource or capacity to do that, but we can at least look the part and act the part as market leaders mm -hmm. we are. So uh, it was a really conscious effort, certainly with the support of our CEO, to said, yeah, you know, I don't know much about it, but I believe you and I hear about it. Mm -hmm. Now, yeah, let, let's make a, a conscious investment into it. Well, and what that says to me was that you, you look at it cuts both ways. A small company can appear very large if they do it right. You know, very low cost way to, to create that impression within your space, within your market. You know, for a fabricator who's operating in a, a metropolitan area, they can give the impression that they may be uh, more long established uh, uh, and, and more capable and larger than they really are. But the reverse is also true is what you found is that you could be a great large 
thriving, successful company who's not doing social media and give off the exact opposite impression. Absolutely. You know, that's a, you know, so hearing you say that, I mean, I think fellow fabricators audience of the Fab Lab podcast, that is, that's a huge takeaway for me right now. I'm digesting this as we're having this conversation. That is something really important um, to keep in mind. You know, that impression cuts both ways. Wow, that's really right. interesting. Absolutely, it does. Absolutely, it does. And with that power, you're able to, because a lot of guys I talk to, they're like, oh, you know, social media, they, they don't assign a lot of weight to it. But it's not something that's going away for as much money in advertising and the power that it has. It's, it's a bridge that everyone's going to have to cross. Mm-hmm. You know, you can only, as a business, delay it for so long. But the sooner you get on there, the sooner you can be on there before your competitors. Mm-hmm. At right. least connect, being able to connect with people. Yeah. And I think, you know, everybody calls it social media, but it's so much more beyond social these days, right? When I think social, it's parties and family pictures and yes. kids' birthdays and stuff like that. But you could easily describe what we're calling the social media as business media, hmm. as uh, education media, right? There's so many more things at Facebook by itself, just because it's the, it's the biggest one, right? We reference that a lot, but it, it is so much more than just kind of a social network these days. It's a business hmm. generation network. It is an education network. It's a communication network. It's a tips and tricks network. So uh, it certainly has expanded beyond just posting about family and friends. And that's a great distinction to make because a lot of people I talk to when they say social media, they're thinking like, oh, that's something my nephew does or my cousin does or my granddaughter does. But it, it, it is not that. It's more, it's more that in the early stages, you know, and there's, it's kind of whatever you make of it. So giving that, you know, it is where people are digesting their content, their um. They're, they're getting a lot of their media, just their entertainment and educational, like you said, mm-hmm. are from those platforms. Right. Everybody, you know, one of the biggest topics around our industry across the country is the shortage of labor. Mm-hmm. Right. But one of the most frequent posts you'll see on some of our, uh, our industry's uh, association sites is, hey, uh, any, any, uh, any, anybody looking for a job in this city? Or, hey, I'm a templater or I'm a uh, installer with X years of experience looking, just moved in the area looking for a job. So it's also become a recruiting board as well. You know, we talk about business development and education and tips and tricks and, and employment, right? It's, uh, mm-hmm. You're exactly right. It's, it's what you want to make of it. Hmm. Interesting. So, so you mentioned the, the platform. You had some pretty fantastic stats. You, know, you guys have made just leaps and bounds. So what are the different platforms that uh, Laser Products is using? And, and how well do those translate over to a fabricator who, you know, who's got a different customer? Your customer is the fabricator. The fabricator has either got a contractor or a homeowner who's buying countertops from them. What, what are those platforms and how well do you see those crossing over? Yeah, our most active platforms right now are Facebook and LinkedIn. Hmm. Right. And Facebook, I would still say, is the more social of all the social media platforms. LinkedIn is very much more of a professional uh, hmm. platform. So more on LinkedIn, we'll, we'll share kind of uh, company announcements or industry announcements or educational content. Where social media, we'll post our, our, our customers' jobs or uh, other advancements in the industry. Hmm. But we are active on Facebook. We're active on LinkedIn. Uh, and because of our software platform that we use, we also are able to post on Twitter as well. Uh, and we also use YouTube. Let's not forget about YouTube. Let's make sure we incorporate that in our conversation because it's a much more visual world these days than, than the written world. Yeah. So when you looked at YouTube, right, we have our training videos, we have testimonials, we have educational content, we have tips and tricks that we use on YouTube as well. So uh, let's not forget about YouTube as a social media platform as well. Uh, we want to get an Instagram more. Uh, we want to get in a couple of other, other couple more of these emerging platforms, but the ones we use most and most regularly are Facebook, uh, LinkedIn, and YouTube. Okay, that's a good point because there's so many social uh, platforms out there, and 
I don't think most companies have to utilize all of them, but finding the right fit for what works for you. You know, LinkedIn's a great one professional and Facebook, you know, it's, it's one of those platforms that people have on their phone and it's in front of their face every day. So be able to connect with them on, you know, the ideal platform that their company is. So who posts content like as like, so as an owner, I'm thinking like the owner's thinking, ah, you know, it's something I should be doing or the employee should be doing. What, what are your thoughts on who should be sharing the content or, or outlining that? Yeah, social media is a 24-hour day, seven-day-a-week, <laughs> two weeks a year platform, isn't it? Uh, so we're a U.S.-based company, uh, but uh, we have up to four people at any point in time checking and uh, posting. So we give, we give uh, credentials to four employees in our Chicago office to be able to monitor, post, share, uh, and, and actively uh, engage in the social media platforms. Um, but like I mentioned, you know, you can post at uh, two in the afternoon or two in the morning. Hmm. Uh, we're fortunate to have partners on, in, in Europe as well, Laser Products Europe, who also is active on social media. So we'll share each other's posts. We can comment on each other's posts. But just within our office, we have uh, myself, we have our IT uh, personnel. We have two people, two additional people in our marketing department who have our login and access credentials to be able to monitor, post, share, respond uh, on social media. So do they have uh, guidelines they follow for posting or are they you know, pretty free reign to post whatever the content they think is relevant or, or what does that look like? Yeah, that's a great question. So uh, the, the first rule of thumb is common sense, right? <laughs> and the best way I've heard it uh, described is if you're questioning whether you should post it, you probably shouldn't. You probably shouldn't. But uh, when we got our platforms redesigned and making it look like bigger than we are, we actually had to write down about a dozen or a dozen and a half rules of engagement for our team. What to do, what not to do. Hmm. Things like uh, we are here to uh, promote our own business. We are not here to talk badly or poorly about other people's uh, business or services or products. Uh, one of those rules was if you're thinking about whether you should or, or shouldn't, you probably shouldn't. Hmm. Right. Uh, it was about uh, helping people out and pacifying the situation, not escalating conflict. Hmm. So there were definitely about a dozen or a dozen and a half rules of engagement we had to communicate to our team to make sure that uh, we had some certain guidelines of how we were going to operate on social media. Hmm. And how, how did you communicate that? Was that verbal or did you guys write that down? What, how did you make that available to everybody? Uh, we, we wrote it down. We screamed it. We, we, we yelled about it. Uh, we, we had people <laughs> read about it. So. It's one of those things where you can't, uh, once you do the wrong thing, you can't take it back, mm. right? So we took some extra caution in making sure people understood our rules of engagement two or three or four different times. Uh, and, you know, in those cases where people towed the line, we, we made sure people knew about it and, uh, you know, uh, be cautious of what you do. Because like we said, you post it once, you can never take it back. Mm. That's true. Once it's out there, it's out there. So a lot of guys are probably wondering, like, how do you get your content viewed? Like, what's a good way to encourage engagement or if you post something, um, talk to me about that, getting content viewed. Yeah, the, I think the two most important things are, A, doing it regularly, right? Uh, making sure that you're always communicating with your audience. You can't be hot and heavy in social media for three weeks and then drop off for three weeks because the engagement just falls off, hmm. right? And I'd say the toughest part is having, uh, you know, the, subject, the subjective word of being relevant, being relevant and interesting and engaging with your audience, uh, a lot of judgment has to come from that, right? Uh, if it's something you're interested in, you want to make sure they're interested. And really, it is about your audience, not about yourself. So you want to have savvy, smart, sophisticated people who can post relevant and interesting content and do it regularly. The other way we do it is uh, we invite our customers to like or follow our page, right? If you've bought our product, hopefully you're a fan of it. You're interested in what we have to say because we can help you out. We can share some tips or tricks. 
Uh, but again, it is, I'd say the two rules of thumb are do it regularly and make it interesting and relevant to your audience. Well, that's probably a great way to get content is to feature the work you've done or, you know, your customers, you know, so if it's a granite shop owner, you know, featuring some of their customers work or commercial work, you know, or for you guys showing off people who use the LPI in the, in the field. Exactly right. Uh, you know, probably the most common posting you'll see from our, from our industry is people who are proud of the work they've done. And again, if they've used our system, which we always ask, hey, can you give us a, you know, the file you used or send us a couple more pictures? Uh, we want to ensure that they used our system to help fabricate this beautiful piece of stone. And by all means, they're always thrilled when they've got a couple thousand people and then we've got a couple thousand people. Mm-hmm. Suddenly, 4,000 people are seeing their work. Mm-hmm. So it's always exciting for them, to, for us to share kind of the proud work that they've done. Because you guys did a, I, I saw some of the great work on that contest you guys held. Yeah, the, this year we're proud to celebrate uh, our 25 year anniversary. Hmm. So we created a hashtag called LPI25. And we invited any customer who's used our system in helping to fabricate a job to post your proudest, your biggest, your most interesting fabrication job. And we got dozens of applications, dozens of submissions of some really, really cool, intricate work. Uh, and so we internally were able to narrow it down to kind of the top three. And then we posted it back out there for the fabrication industry to vote on what those uh, what they thought the top jobs were. So it was a really great way to get our industry involved, to promote our customers' work, and to get them uh, continually involved in helping us vote and pick on the winner. So it was a huge success for us. We got uh, several hundred additional followers through that. But, but again, that was a great job by our marketing team to identify an interesting contest, a relevant contest that we could post uh, regularly on. But I think we took a month between launching the contest, getting submissions, and then having the final voting turnout to help help us celebrate our 25 year anniversary. Hmm. And probably, yeah, I, oh, go ahead, Wes. Oh, I was just gonna say, I, I really enjoyed seeing those submissions. They were some uh, great photos of what guys were working on, but as well as being able to throw it back, like you said, for guys could vote. I, that was a really good job just to encourage engagement, very well executed. Yeah, some of our customers submitted jobs from the NASA headquarters. Uh, some of our guys submitted jobs from churches. Uh, with a, inside of a church, uh, some guys submitted jobs from inside these NFL stadiums. Uh, uh, somebody submitted a job from the Wake Forest basketball facility. So it was just, it was really great to see not only the type of work, but the places they were doing this work. And I'm guessing all those submissions w- w- weren't, w- weren't required to use a laser products laser. Was it, was this available to anybody? We asked that it was uh, that, that it was a laser product. It was, okay. Yeah, yeah. Well, but not everybody that saw it or, in a sense, w- was connected to this contest had a laser products. Correct. Product. Anybody could vote. Anybody could vote, which is where, uh, where you got some really fun uh, interaction between the community, whether they were yeah. a digital templater using our system or, or even a manual shop. But it really got people engaged into uh, seeing some of the top work being, being done around the country. Fantastic. Which is the point. You got to, you want to expose, you want to have more reach. You want to put your product when you believe in what you do, you want to see it grow. You want to see it expand. You want to see more people have the opportunity to benefit from it. That's, that's fantastic. So I got a question from like a stone shop owner's perspective. I'm, we're having this conversation. And if you're, uh, if you're like me, like, okay, I don't have four or five, I can't afford to have four or five people in my marketing team yet. It's a platform. I know I've got to use what, what's the, What's the biggest win a stone shop owner can can achieve using social media, uh, you know, out of the gate? You know, what, what's a quick win that uh, um, that they can do themselves? They can oversee and and see the benefit of using this platform. Yeah, and, uh, it's a great great question. I would say there's two, right? There's two benefits of engaging the social media platform. One is to promote your own work. 
Hmm. Right. Let people know you're out there. Facebook, you know, there's over a billion people worldwide on Facebook. Just make sure you're present. Right. And uh, one person can post every job you do. Have your installers take a picture or have your tumblers take a picture of before, the during and the after. Hmm. It's just a great way to show a potential customer who's looking at researching, picking the right fabricator to, to know that you do this work and you do some beautiful work and you're qualified to do it and uh, you're doing regular work. So I think one is just promoting your own business. But that same person can join some of these associations like the Rockheads Group or the Stone Fabricators Alliance or the Natural Stone Institute and learn. Hmm. The second thing is you can learn, right? People are always offering tips and tricks. Some of the most question, uh, commonly asked questions, uh, for example, in the Stone Fabricators Alliance is, can anyone help me identify this stone? Or can anybody give me a tip to, uh, to, uh, to, to fix this seam or to fix this chip? Or does anybody have any recommendations for... Uh, products or services that can help reduce labor. But uh, not only to promote, again, to summarize it, there's two things I would say getting into social media does. One, to promote your own business, and the two, to learn from the rest of the industry, hmm. right? And a part of that is to educate, right? If you happen to be a supplier or somebody who offers services, you can educate people on a better way to do things. Hmm. And I love that our community, our community is always looking at ways to improve or drive efficiencies in what they do. I love the idea of posting regularly. You know, having a, a long-term game of like, like you said, you, you, it's not just a three-week three week campaign and then you're done. And you, But as far as posting regularly, is it, would you, what does that look like? Is it like once a day? Is it once a week, once a month, every other month? What does regular look like? Yeah, I think it depends on the type of company you are, right? But I'll give you an example of what we do. We probably, we po- actively post probably three to four times a week. Hmm. And again, we're making company announcements. We are... Uh, uh, recognizing new customers. We are recognizing customers we've just trained. We are sharing other of our partners' content. So we probably actively post three to four times a week. But I would say since we monitor every day, we are engaging and reacting almost daily and several, most of the time, multiple times a day. So that's a good point between posting and engaging, you know, sharing content, but also uh, having communications and, and dialogue with other people in the industry. Right. One thing I think is great that no lift, uh, no lift system is done and we do as well is anytime a new customer signs up, your no lift card is on its way. Right. <laughs> and it, it really does build your own reputation and your own size and scale that, wow, more and more and more people are doing this. We take selfies or pictures of every customer, new customer we sign up, every repeat customer we sign up. Hey, congratulations on ABC Granite's 12th system <laughs> or uh, hey, another happily trained customer. You know, so that's one of those cases of making yourself look just as big or even bigger than you actually are. Yeah, because you could really drive perception that way by giving that visual where people are there all on their phones or on their computer every day. Because I know you guys do go to a lot of shows and have a presence there. And it's a great way to get that connection one-on-one. But between those shows, being able to uh, connect, continue that conversation is, uh, I really like seeing the, guy, the content you guys post and, and just seeing the size of it. I, I think it's fantastic, especially featuring other guys in the industry. I'm sure they probably enjoy that too. Yeah. A few things we try to do on a regular basis, right? And we try to make uh, some, some nice words out of them, but uh, testimonial Tuesdays, right? Where we post a testimonial from a customer. We talk about uh, fabricator Fridays where we try to show off a fabricator's work every Friday uh, we use this hashtag about YLPI on Mondays, right? So what makes us different? So you can use uh, you, you can use it. You know, it's another Fabricator Friday or another Testimonial Tuesday. Uh, so that helps kind of drive the regular uh, interaction uh, within a company. 
Well, that's a great way as an owner, probably thinking like, well, what content, you know, good content and what that content looks like, but having a campaign or a theme, you know, I'm thinking for a stone shop owner could be a before and after, before and after Fridays or something. Right, or, right, exactly. Or a, a finished kitchen Tuesdays uh, where they show the exactly. job. Imagine a lot of these uh, stone shop owners do some fantastic work and being able to showcase it and show their future customers like, hey, this is the work we've done. Yeah. Uh, exactly, exactly. Great platform. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and we're I, happy to help promote their uh, their their success stories as well. Yeah, and I think you know that Wes, Kevin, that from a stone shop owner's perspective, and we do a fair amount of social media for our countertop shop. But thinking of it in terms of that rhythm that you can establish, I just want to just pause on that because I think that's so important because of how busy most stone shops owners are, and and, and just that so many things going on, so many fires to put out. You know, two or three weeks could go by and go. Oh my gosh, I know this for myself. We posted a picture on my Instagram account, the first of an island actually falling over in the trailer thinking, this will begin my foray into social media. I'm not on Facebook. I mean, I'm not, I, and it, that was like two months ago and it's still the only picture I've got on my Instagram <laughs> yeah, account right, right. of this island that fell over in our trailer. And it's like, that's a great way to represent, Aaron. But having that pattern and establishing, like you're saying, finished product Monday, testimonial Tuesday, creating some sort of a rhythm, a frequency that's established where you're literally committing. Because like you said, once you start and then if you drop off the face of the earth, it's kind of counterproductive. And so just, just using that as a technique to sort of help you commit to a frequency and maybe the frequency itself isn't as important as just having the frequency that we are committing to this and we're going to deliver. Exactly. Exactly. And I think one of the other things as opposed to this type of media versus traditional media is that for social media, you don't have to be as polished of content as opposed to traditional media. Like if you're creating a commercial or a radio ad or print ad, you know, you want something very well polished and produced where social media, you, you still want that, but less so. So as a grand shop owner, they might be thinking, oh, now I need to have a fantastic professional photo photographer come in or, or, or videographer or someone writing content for me. Well, that's not necessarily the case, is it? I totally agree. In this case, less is more, right? It is so much more about videos and visuals than it is about the written word here, mm. right? Kind of the more you write, people get to, in our visual world, the more you write, the less people are engaged to read through the entire thing. And what's great about industry, it is a highly visual industry, right? Look at the beautiful, the beauty of our stone, and the materials that we use. Uh, so social media, I think, is, is definitely much more of a visual platform than writing two long paragraphs talking about what it is and what you did. People want to see the work in our industry. So I think that's very, very uh, poignant what you said about, uh, you know, being much more visual as opposed to having the right script or the exact right words. Write less and make it a lot more visual, we found is really a, a key to driving engagement uh, from our audience. Because some of the photos I've seen you share, I, I'm guessing they're more raw or uh, authentic because they're probably taken with a cell phone maybe? Exactly, exactly. It's, it's often user-submitted content. Right. And nobody carries around a, a fancy camera. Everybody's got a nice phone camera, but it does make it seem more authentic. Right. Just snapping a selfie or, you know, getting somebody else to take a picture with you. Uh, I think it's much more realistic and much more authentic uh, for, for these purposes. So I got a question about, you know, planning and strategy and, you know, social media platforms are in a sense a channel. In, in some ways, they're like TV advertising. They're like radio advertising. It's a way to get your message to you know, the end user or your, your prospective customer. And so sometimes I think because social media is so accessible, it's so unique and it's so just everywhere, 
we can think, well, I got to just do social media to do social media and, and maybe overlook the fact that no, it's still a, a channel or a medium to communicate a message. So can you speak to us about, you know, just how do you thoughtfully and purposefully craft the message that you want to convey? What, what kind of thought goes into that before you actually start using the medium? Yeah, you know, one of the biggest reasons why we jumped into social media, it is the most effective and the fastest way to get to the most number of people instantly, hmm. right? So whether it's a new product announcement that we want to tell our customers or industry about, it's so much faster than email or putting out a press release, which may take three or four weeks to get out in traditional print, hmm. uh, or it's education about uh, a new tip or a trick, or it's education about press releases about our company, or sharing some industry news about OSHA or Silica that we happen to see first. Mm -hmm. It is by far the most effective, the most cost efficient way to reach the most number of people as quickly as possible. Mm -hmm. So, and again, we use that when we started this, my big uh, point to our company was this will be our most used and our most effective means of communication internally and externally. Mm -hmm. So really that, if it was just that alone, that's the reason by itself to get into social media, much less, you know, uh, making sure your business is established or learning or being educated or sharing tips and tricks. Mm -hmm. If you want to communicate broadly, quickly, cheaply, quickly, uh, social media is uh, the most effective platform for that as well. What are your thoughts on if a company wants to, if they post something as far as uh, paying to have it promoted? Is that something you recommend or what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, that's, uh, we've actually expanded not just from posting and driving uh, likes for our page, but we've also invested in Facebook advertising as well, right? It is a great way to get your name and get your message out uh, on a paid level. And it is actually very, very cheap when you look at some other mediums. You, of course, like anything else, you have the right, the right messaging and the right creative, and the right visuals to attract people to it. Mm -hmm. But you can get followers for cents. Right, you're not uh, in, you know investing thousands or hundreds or tens of thousands of dollars in commitments. And the great thing is you can purchase it for as long or as short a period as you want, and you can make the ads as big or as small as you want, and you can change them uh, on an hourly basis if you want, if you want to try something different. So it's also a very effective means of uh, self-promotion and advertising, and very very versatile. Hmm. So pretty customizable. We're connecting right to your target audience. That's, right, that sounds ideal. It is. It is. For example, we were able to generate almost 200 likes in a seven-day window at under 70 cents per like, mm -hmm. just as one metric. Now, we've ha also had some ads that uh, generated half those likes at twice the cost. <laughs> so, again, being able to find out what works and what messaging works and what doesn't and be able to adjust those on the fly is a great, great uh, asset for digital marketing as opposed to traditional print, uh, for print marketing. Well, it's yeah. a great way to connect with, you know, if someone likes your page, you know, that's someone who's interested in you and then you get super fans from that. And those super fans, you know, it's a way to have a dialogue, continually engaging and where you have people advocating for you uh, without you having to do that. Right. You talk about advocation, right? And again, you can use the hashtags or you can tag somebody else who's on Facebook. So every time we partner with a company or want to promote somebody else's uh, work, it's great to tag their name to it as well. Like I said, our 2000 plus your 2000 plus their 2000. Suddenly in 10 seconds, you've gone from your own posting to having multiple people do it. It's, you know, people use that term viral of a, of a post or a share going viral. You know, literally one person with one friend or one fan can turn into hundreds of thousands uh, with the right message and the right content. Because if someone really likes LPI, they can be part of your community where they're you know, like, they use the equipment every day and they love it. And they're like, yeah, I'm connected to you guys. And so that, that's a great way, you know, to 
reach out to people and know uh, so that they know you guys have a presence on there. It's where they can connect with you and share their successes. It really is. It really is. And again, not just about successes, but uh, to ask questions or to mm -hmm. ask or to, uh, yeah, any, any question, any sort of engagement, like I said, personal, professional, educational, uh, inspirational, it all, all happens through social media now. A great community. It is. So, you know, all those different facets that you're talking about, how, how much planning goes into that, you know, relative to, compared to say, you're just, you're just engaging and letting the engagement kind of dictate the messaging. Uh, how much planning are you doing in advance saying, hey, this is what we want to do this quarter, this month, um, and that becomes a focused, purposeful, planned out, you know, sort of rollout. Can, can you talk a little bit about how Laser Products and how you, you know, lead that aspect of your social media? Yeah, it is important to build a content calendar. Hmm. You know, for now, we've probably already got our uh, have a happy Thanksgiving and have a Merry Christmas and have a wonderful New Year already scheduled and planned. Okay. Right, Like we talked about having that cadence of making sure that you put a calendar together so you do commit to doing it regularly. Mm -hmm. Testimonial Tuesdays, LPI, why LPI Mondays, Fabricator Fridays. It almost holds yourself, it allows you to hold yourself accountable for ensuring that you post on a regular basis. Mm -hmm. uh, but then again, as I mentioned before, who knows what somebody else is going to say on social media. So you've always <laughs> got to monitor and you've got to be prepared to, to, to interact as quickly as possible. That's why it's important to have, if you're going to get into it, make sure somebody's at least partially dedicated to it. Hmm. Uh, but again, having a content calendar and a cadence is, is just as important as, as being on the platform. So if you're going to do it, be all in. Yeah. That's, you know, that's the second time you've mentioned the need or the necessity of having this stuff written down. You know, you talked about the rules of engagement for your staff. Okay. Well, you're going to give this enormous power. You're going to give them access the login to actually say something on behalf of laser products industries. That's a big deal. So we're not just going to willy nilly, here you go, make the most of it or the exactly. worst of it. You know, you're going to write those rules down and then here you're saying the same thing, the content calendar, which is a, a thought out, planned and documented cadence or rhythm to how that content. And, you know, if you're going to go to that extent, it's going to force you into thinking about what is it that we're going to be posting over the next week, month, quarter. Uh, and, and so that we're, that's just something I, I happen to believe very strongly, whether it's on your marketing, whether it's in your sales, whether it's in operations, but that documentation, setting expectations, you know, for me, if, if I've got a, a, an expectation of how frequently I want my content posted, it has got to be written down if I'm going to delegate that to somebody else. Right. And uh, let's not, you know, we talked about the social part of it a lot, but let's not talk about, let's not forget about the business side of things too. There is a huge opportunity. We look for certain things on certain posts. We look for certain keywords that help generate leads for us as well. So it's not just a one-way communication out. It can help generate business based on what people see or post or hashtags they use. Mm. Uh, we certainly won't diverge. Our, our keywords are what we look for. But uh, <laughs> as important, we have, we have certainly generated business by engaging in the social media community as well. Mm, fantastic. And it's not just laser products that is leveraging this. It, it, this is available to every fabricator, no, no matter their market, no matter the, the segment of the market that they serve, right? Absolutely. Whether you're a two-person shop or a 200-person shop, whether you're based in the U.S. or anywhere outside the world, uh, these are global platforms, right? These are global platforms. So anybody who's got, uh, you know, a computer or a cell phone and a, and a Wi-Fi or a cellular connection, uh, very, very low cost of entry. <laughs> and, that, and, and, and for those of you out there that have a two-man shop, remember what Kevin said at the outset, you can appear like that 200-person company if you do this right. And that's exactly. going to happen. And you might wind up becoming a 200-person company 
by leveraging, you know, this platform and, and using social media to your advantage. And so, you know, we've been talking a lot. We haven't really talked much at all about laser products. And I, I, I know myself, uh, I, I'm interested to hear, you know, just a little bit about the product itself. You guys have a really unique, really, um, you know, leading edge technology for the stone fabrication industry. Can we shift gears a little bit and just, I, I'm, I'm interested to hear what's going on with your templaters? What's, uh, what's, what's the latest and greatest? And, and what are you guys doing to impact the stone industry with your device? Or yeah, device? the first thing I always like to mention is uh, we're proud this year to celebrate a 25-year anniversary. Hmm. So that's a huge milestone for our founder and CEO, Dan Lewis, to have built the company into what it is today. You know, a quick kind of summary of our, re our history. Dan Lewis was actually first in the flooring industry. Okay. And his first product was developing 90 and 45 degree squares for the flooring industry. Uh, he saw an opportunity to kind of raise himself up three or four feet off the ground and continue to use that uh, laser technology to help uh, templaters. Uh, you mentioned the LT55, which is, our, is probably what we're best known for. That's our kind of our, our previous iteration product. Our flagship product these days is the LT2D 3D. Hmm. A lot of letters and a lot of words in there, but it is a two-dimensional and three-dimensional uh, laser system. The biggest benefit these days is with our 2D, 3D is that you can uh, use that laser for vertical work. So showers, full height backsplashes, fireplace claddings, not just flat countertop, horizontal countertop, but you can do vertical, vertical work as well. Hmm. Uh, in terms of our product and our services and what's new, uh, we are working on our next generation uh, line of products. Hmm. But, uh, this is very much a software product as well. So we like to consider ourselves a technology company. We are made in the USA, so we make our hardware and our software out of here out of uh, Romeoville, Illinois, just outside of Chicago. But uh, kind of the most interesting and the latest news from Laser Products is around our software. It's kind of like the apps on your phone. Every six to eight weeks, we are releasing a new version of our software with a new shortcut or a new feature or a new benefit to our templaters to use. So oh. my advice out there to our 3,500 customers and our 6,500 systems out there, until our new product comes out there, just keep refreshing your software because like the apps on your phone, every four to six to eight weeks, we're releasing a new version that offers just another new shortcut or another new uh, feature for our software. Hmm. Fantastic. So you talked about, you know, the, 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 the customers that you do have and the releases to them. What would you say to fabricators who haven't yet dipped their toe into the, the digital templating pool yet, and, but might be thinking about it? What would it talk, speak to that. Yeah, there's a couple quotes I like to pull from Stone World Magazine, which is, uh, Going digital, whether you're templating or fabrication, is not an if, it's just a matter of when. Hmm. By our latest calculations and measurements, just over half of the countertop fabrication industry has gone digital templating. Wow. We've already passed that, passed that midway point. Huh. Uh, we, are, we are proud and privileged to be the market leader uh, in digital templating, so we're very proud of our market position. But whether you're deciding just to take the first step, which is digital templating, or whether you're ready to make that entire leap to go digital templating and digital fabrication, hmm. this has to be part of your equation. Yeah. Right. So again, just like uh, digital fabrication, digital templating is not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. And the hmm. market is already more than halfway there. Hmm. And again, uh, some guys want to grow and we can help them with that. Some guys love the size they're at. They don't want to get any bigger because they love the size of company they have. We can help you be more profitable with every job you do. So uh, there's a lot of benefits to going to digital. Uh, if you've got a smartphone, you've already made that digital transformation, mm -hmm. right? A lot of things in your life, you've already made that leap. And uh, we're just part of that process uh, in the fabrication side of the business. Yeah, fantastic. Where can folks go to watch videos, learn more about the product, learn more about the company? Well, first of all, go to Facebook and uh, look for Laser <laughs> Product Industries. But uh, just like if you want to go visit our website, uh, we are at uh, Laser Products 
us.com. Hmm. And on our website, you'll find features and benefits and specs about our product. You'll find our training videos. You'll find our customer testimonials. Uh, you'll find the right salesman to reach out to. So our website is laserproductsus.com. And of course, uh, social media, you can find us by searching for Laser Products Industries. Oh, fantastic. Fantastic. Well, that kind of gets us to the point where I, I think we can transition and, and recap, you know, just hit the bullet points. What are the things you know, that we learned today. And then I, I know we've, we've talked a little bit offline about what are some of the, the don't do's, you know, so we've talked about having a consistency to what you're posting, having a content calendar so you can plan what it is you're going to be posting based on that frequency that you've established. But what about the things we shouldn't be doing? What, what are some pitfalls to avoid that you've seen and that uh, maybe some rules of engagement for your team that avoid getting things uh, 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 tense and awkward in a very public setting? Right. Uh, we mentioned that guideline we put out when we started social media, about a dozen or a dozen and a half things that to do. We probably put out just as many things to not do. <laughs> Try to simplify it and keep it very, very basic. But uh, there are what they call trolls out there in the social media world. Mm. They're just looking to pick a fight or they're looking to uh, be the bullies on the block. Right. But the most important thing there is just our rule of thumb is to pacify the situation. Right. Everybody looks silly when you're trying to debate or, or argue online. So try to avoid that. We are here to try to resolve issues and answer questions, not to elevate the conflict. Um, the other do the other do nots uh, in social media are just a use use common sense, hmm. right? Uh, I mentioned before that if you're considering whether you should or shouldn't post this, you probably shouldn't. <laughs> and then just like at any good dinner party, right? Avoid the confrontational uh, topics, especially when you're representing your business. Hmm. You know, you probably want to try to avoid things like politics or religion. Uh, or things like that. I think today, in, in the world today, people are looking to more unify, build things up, build each other up, recognize the accomplishments and the positive things, mm -hmm. as opposed to trying to, you know, criticize or make somebody look bad. So, mm -hmm. but uh, by all means, there are as many do nots as there are do's. Mm -hmm. is, is ignoring a, a and a, this is just a purely personal question, can you afford to ignore some of those content, uh, you know, comments that might be negative, they could be trolls. What, what does a response uh, look like if, if you've got somebody that's engaging in that kind of behavior on the other side? Uh, what, what, how do you handle that? I mean, can you just blow it off or do you need to deal with it? No, you try not to blow it off. Uh, you blow it off as a last resort, right? Mm -hmm. Like I said, we try to answer intentionally misleading comments. We always try to pacify the situation and look for success or resolution. But again, sometimes it's a no-win battle. And as a last resort, sometimes you do just have to choose to ignore somebody who you just recognize is, is trying to pick a fight or trying to raise your blood pressure level <laughs> as a last resort. But certainly, our policy is to try to correct mislead, intentionally misleading comments, try to come up with a resolution or, fight or, or provide the right answer. And as a last resort, you uh, you sometimes do have to ignore uh, those trolls. Well, Kevin, this has been a fantastic, uh, it, it, just an absolutely enlightening conversation about this subject. I'm familiar with it enough to know that um, I shouldn't be dabbling in it. I, I know it's important, and I'm, I'm happy to have people around me that uh, that are professionals and can do that. But I just want to extend my uh, my gratitude and my appreciation for you coming on uh, and showing, you know, just being so open with, you know, what is going on at Laser Products and just sharing your background, sharing your experiences as an authority and an expert on this subject. And uh, so I just want to say thank you on behalf of the Fab Lab community, the Fab Lab audience. Uh, just really appreciate the fact that you came on today to share this with us. It's been awesome. 
Well, thank you for the invitation, of course. Uh, we love talking to you guys. We love seeing your social media activity. In fact, we've benchmarked some of our activities after the things you guys have done. So, uh, and again, Laser Products is here to help the industry, right? Mm -hmm. That's what our founder and CEO, Dan Lewis, said. I just invented products that I, that I, that I thought could help people out. Mm -hmm. So this is just another short way for us to contribute back to the uh, community, the, the countertop fabrication community. We're happy to do that. Yeah, fantastic. Well, that's what we're all about here on the Fab Lab podcast. And so, Wes, you got anything to add? I think that's a wrap. That was fantastic, Kevin. Lots of great takeaways, a lot of do's and don'ts. So I really appreciate your time and congratulations on the getting up to 2000 on Facebook. You know, your growth is fantastic. And I'm excited to see what you guys come up with this next year. Thank you very much. We appreciate it. Thank you, Kevin. Have a good one. You too. Wes, that was a fantastic interview, wasn't it? I'm really glad that Kevin was able to join us. And he brought up some fantastic points, such as posting regularly and posting relevant and engaging content. And the stone shop owner that's listening hopefully have a better understanding of how they can leverage social media to their benefit. Now's the time to do it. Yep. It's not going anywhere. Yep. It's only going to get bigger. It's only going to get it's only going to become a bigger part of communicating with your prospective customer. And so fellow fabricators, I hope you enjoyed that conversation as much as I did. I learned a lot from that discussion. And that's really the point of the Fab Lab podcast to share what we know, share what we've learned and make the industry better. And so ladies and gentlemen, Make sure you check back with us next week, and until then, happy fabricating. Kapow!